0: hey guys welcome to the hey dj show i'm your host dj jimenez thank you guys so much for tuning in if you're over on youtube please go ahead and hit that like button subscribe for more content Uh, remember you can catch this podcast on the go wherever you get your podcast and do consider following me on every social media platform at hey dj show with all that boring stuff out of the way i'm happy to introduce my next guest paul roberts paul how are you doing man
1: i'm doing good man i'm excited to be on the show today Thanks for uh, inviting me out here. I'm finally glad I can make it.
0: Yeah, man. We were supposed to have you sometime around the summer, and then I forgot what you were going through, but you you were too busy. And
1: yeah, so we were waiting for some merch stuff, and my guy. That's what it was. Yeah. He bailed out on me, so I'm still looking for a guy that can do some good embroidery work. So if any of y'all know anybody, hit me up.
0: There you go. Comment down below. Let us know um but speaking of merch yeah because i i remember now uh y- y- you posted these merch on with your name and everything uh uh on instagram and i was like yo let me buy one and let me wear it to support you mm-hmm. on the show so they never came in but i said you know what i still want to support you so i went ahead and bought me a merch
1: my boy there we go i gotta support Paul, my boy white
0: Gotta support my boy.
1: That's exclusive, yo. Look at that. You can only get
0: that here on the Hey DJ Show. You can only get that at the Hey DJ Show. 50 bucks. I was like, all right, you know what? If I'm not gonna have your. Mother. Stupid long wire. If I'm not gonna have your official merch, I'm gonna make me an official merch. I like it. Ain't nothing gonna stop me. All right, man. So I've known you for. A couple of years now, uh, we first met when you and I both worked at Bone Steakhouse, and yep. we could make a whole episode about that. We won't. We could, now, yeah. I mean, we can talk about little, little by little. But now, my friend, you've worked as a server at a super high end restaurant, to now you're a real estate agent. So uh, talk about that. Like, uh, uh, so how's the real first? How's the real estate business?
1: Real estate business is going great. Um, you know, so it's. It's currently my first year of real estate. Yeah, real um, quick,
0: put the microphone a little bit closer to you.
1: There you go. So it's currently my first year in real estate, so it's going actually really good. Um, I'm super excited to be here and, you know, get my feet wet in real estate. I'm actually on pace to be Rookie of the Year in my office. Oh, nice. Um, Hopefully by the end of December, maybe if I can sell four to five more homes by the end of the year. I'm in line to be Rookie of the Region for Keller Williams this year. Whoa, so, Region. That's my brokerage, y'all, right here, Keller Williams, Atlanta Perimeter, right by Perimeter Mall. Um, but yeah, besides that, man, real estate's been going great. Um, it's definitely been very, very good to me so far. And, you know, a big thing about it that I love about real estate is it can create general, generational wealth mm-hmm. for your family, you know? So, as you said, I was working at Bone Steakhouse, you know, working 40, 50 hours a week on my feet, 12 hours a day. And, You know, I started having some issues with my feet, so I kind of stepped back. Yeah, so basically, I just wanted to, you know, get into something that, you know, I can learn and basically grow with. So, you know, I have a degree, actually, from Georgia State in criminal justice. And the whole time, I was thinking, like, you know, I need to be somewhere else in a restaurant. I need to be helping people. Um, A lot of stuff happened with the police, as you all know, in the past four years. So, I was Mm. like, I'm good on that. What are Um, you talking about? Huh? (laughs) Oh, I think we all know that. Um, but basically, you know, I had a I had a mentor at Bones. His name's Tony Toysh. Um, shout out to you, Tony. Shout out I to gotta Tony. I got to have you on the show. Tony T. He'll be on the show one day. Yeah. Um.
0: Dude, the busy guy.
1: Yeah, he's the busy guy. You know, he was working 55 hours a week at Bones, and he he made the transition into real estate. And he basically... And real estate wasn't a big idea in my head. And then, you know, he just kept hitting me up, reaching out to me, letting me know how how good I could be at it. And basically what I could benefit from it and all the rewards he's been getting from it. So I was like, you know, one day I called him. I was like, basically after a terrible shift at Bones, of course, I called Tony and I was like, I need to change, man. So basically we set out a plan um, for me to leave the, uh, leave the restaurant industry. And, you know, my whole goal was to leave it within a year. And I actually left it in five months. So that was pretty impressive on my part mm-hmm. and something – that I'm very proud of myself for for actually
0: you know hunkering down and making it happen and getting out, dude. That's awesome. I it, it's funny because there, there's that ongoing joke with like um I'm not I'm not talking about bones. I'm not disrespecting bones. I'm talking about serving in general. That you go from being a server and then you're just like man, I need I need something better than this to now being a real estate agent. Like there's like that stereotype. And I'm not going to lie. Part of me was thinking about it. Uh, I interviewed uh, Ben Chandra. We used to work mm-hmm. with him. And before the show and a little bit after the show, he was trying to convince me. He was like, dude, I think you would be great at it. But I was already at school. I had my mind set. But a, a small part of me was thinking about it. Like, especially when uh, uh you were uh studying for that test. And I was like, you know, like, oh, how long is this test? And you were like, it's pretty hard. But it's pretty tedious. Yeah. And then. But you were super happy when you passed it and I, I was I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. But it's it's with the hospitality, like especially with like from bones working there, like their hospitality is top notch. So well,
1: that's what I was gonna kinda get into. You know, me and you kinda have I would say call it servant hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to make people happy. Yeah. Um, so you know, coming from the finest one of the finest fine dining restaurants in Atlanta and maybe one of the best steakhouses in the country with bones. You know, we learned a level of hospitality that was up top level, top notch, that is undefeated against anybody. And so just learning how to do that and basically how to take care of someone and treat them right and, you know, be there for them. I learned all that, which I give credit a lot of that to Bones, you know, that transitioned 100 percent into my into my real estate uh, field. And I mean, a lot of the things I learned at Bones, you know, I transitioned that straight to my business, like how to treat someone how to properly introduce someone, you know, mm-hmm. manners. Manners is a big thing. And how to properly communicate with someone. Yeah. Those are big, big assets in my business that I think that I strive to take care of every day.
0: Dude, that's and how like how you go, how we went above and beyond for our guests, the plus one, the one percent and stuff. Uh, I try to incorporate that in my podcast. Like it's all about the interview. It's all about the guests. Uh, yeah, I made mistakes, you know, starting out, but it, no lie that like i kept thinking about it and what was that one book do you remember that book they had us read raven fans raving fans literally think about that like i hate that i think about that sometimes but i think about it and incorporate it into my podcast and honestly it's 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 made it better and it's made me better
1: it's like it got instilled in your head almost like, i can't get it it's out crazy but yeah
0: it's good and bad
1: it's good it's good 100 percent.
0: um so with the real estate so Kind of controversial, but not really. Uh, but knowing me, I don't believe anything is really controversial. But, uh, so with right now with the economy the way that it is, and right now with like we see like the shipping ports issues and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. How now there's like high prices in lumber and uh other other you know materials. They're talking about man, Christmas might get can't air quote canceled just because people can't even get gifts price of beef is going up. So how's that affecting the real estate? I hear it is, but I'm not in the world you are. Absolutely. But uh, like you you told me you just booked a client later on today. So you're doing well. Uh it seems Tony's doing well. So Absolutely. how's it affecting the real estate business?
1: So a big thing that everyone talks about is is another housing bubble coming, is another market crash coming. And everyone like me, you know, I'm 29 years old. When 2008 happened when the crash happened, You know, I was a little younger and I wasn't truly thinking about all that. But now after reading into it and learning a lot about the 2008 market crash, um, there's two totally different things going on right now between now and back then. You know, back in 2008, you had a lot of mortgage lender giving out funny loans, basically, because they were getting greedy and they were making money off of it. So Mm -hmm. basically, say you had a terrible credit score and you had 0% down to put on a house. They're like, hell yeah, let me sign you up for a house because what i'm going to do is i'm going to give you a mortgage loan and then what i'm going to do is i'm going to give that mortgage loan to a mortgage investor and they're going to make money off of you and then i'm going to make money off the top by going ahead and selling it so you know when the market crash happened they were giving all these funny loans out and basically what happened all the investors started denying the loans they're not buying any more loans and so that's when you had you know some of the biggest bankruptcies bankruptcies of all times um, I mean, like this company went bankrupt for like $6.7 billion, and they were one of the leaders in mortgage loans. And literally when no investors were buying these loans from them, they had all these loans that they couldn't handle. And basically nobody was paying off their loans, and everybody basically went into forbearance and there was a bunch of foreclosures happening. Um, So basically they all went bankrupt and it literally killed the market. Mm-hmm. Versus fast forward today in 2021, you know, they keep saying there's a housing bubble, and... For a housing bubble to happen, I mean, it's kind of happening. Not really, though. Basically, so you got the bubble and they're just dumping money into it. So the bubble's expanding. And one day they're saying that the bubble's going to pop and all the houses are going to decrease all the way down. Um, And people are going to lose out on their homes because they have neg- e- negative equity. Yeah. But So the difference between 2008 and 2021, there's about 3% of loans right now that have neg- negative equity in their house. And... It's about 10 times more in 2008 than it is now. Everyone has positive equity. There's not going to be a lot of short sales. Um, a big thing that people keep talking about is, you know, COVID and having your loan forbearance and the moratorium rate. Um, basically, Joe Biden helped everyone out and extended that a little bit, but they keep saying foreclosures are going to happen. But people are positive on equity now, so they're not looking to sell and they're not really scared. Um no, I feel like that's a big thing today.
0: I feel I read a little bit about uh, getting ready for this interview. I just wanted to like brush up on a little bit of real estate. I was reading about that uh, 2008 crash. And what I found from one of this article was the fact that I, I, they didn't really give a percent. They were just speaking in general, but they were mentioning how one of the thing, one of the causes was because... Uh, or two things was people like that zero, not putting any down payment on it and just going ahead and just getting the house just so that individual can be like, oh, I'm a homeowner. And the other one was people who were putting some money down or zero down and getting houses that they knew they couldn't afford. So exactly. it, it was such an individual problem. So I'm thinking, huh, I wonder if like an individual like myself or anybody else who's not a homeowner yet can almost avoid that and almost use that crash to their advantage by saying like, oh, well, I'm just not going to be an idiot. And if if I have to put some money down, I'll put money down, but not on the house that I already know I can't afford.
1: That's definitely the the smart route to go. And, you know, you get pre-approved for a reason. And the pre-approval process is basically, you know, a mortgage lender that you choose, they're going to get all your your income verification and your last two W-2s. They're going to make sure you can afford this house monthly based off your income. And back in the day, it was like the wild, wild west. There was really no laws on income verification and all that, they were just giving out loans very quickly. Mm -hmm. But now there's laws in place and um, there's a process that you have to go through to get a home loan. And literally these mortgage lenders, by the end of the process, I mean, they know everything about you, they know how you live. They're constantly looking at your bank account they're they're basically you know making sure you one hundred percent can buy the house and they're also saving their back you know they're backing themselves up at the end of the day because they're not gonna let two thousand eight happen again yeah, and that's a big thing and like you said, you know you need to be set up for success to buy a house and I feel like that's one of the big things in you choosing a correct real estate agent to basically guide you through that because as a real estate agent, my job is to advise you on the process from start to finish. And my goal is to make it seamless as possible and basically to educate you and help you buy a house that you're not gonna be underwater on in the future and to get you something that's gonna basically grow over time. I always tell people, I'm not helping you just buy a home, I'm helping you buy a long-term investment. Um, and I may help you buy a house, but at the end of the day, when you sell that house, my goal is for you to recoup a lot of money off that house, which is you know your long-term investment.
0: All right, so let's dive into that. Uh, That's actually a great segue to my second question. What should people know uh, uh, going into uh, before they buy a house?
1: Well, when you go in to buy a house, um, basically you have to. So like right now,
0: let's say let's use me as an example because you are going to be my real estate guy. Um, uh, Back off any other real estate. I already (laughs) got a guy. Oh, I'm better than Paul. No, you're not. All right, so. I go up to you Paul, okay, I'm ready to buy a house. Like, or I think I'm ready. What like walk me through it.
1: Okay, so walking you through it, my first question would be what are your savings looking like? Like how much do you have in the bank basically to purchase the house? And then I'll basically go into my spiel talking about how much you should currently have in your you know, saved up to buy the house, which is depending on what type of loan you get. If you get a conventional loan, the minimum down payment is 3%. If you get an FHA loan, Minimum down payments, 3.5%. So, say you're going a conventional loan with 3% down, I always say it's about 2.75% in closing costs. So, I go ahead and tell you, you know, off the top, budget 6% for down payment and closing costs. Hopefully, it's going to be below that point, but that 6% is in your head and it's not going to hurt you when you see that number when it gets emailed to you. Because a lot of times people see that number and they're like, whoa. Mm. But the big thing is, I educated you on that. So, you already, you know, you're always you're already waiting to see that. And um, next thing I'm going to ask you is your work history. You know, have you been in the same industry for the past two years? Have you been with the same job in the past 30 days? Because a lot of times if you transition to a new job, depending on if it's in the same field, you'll be OK. But if it's in a whole different industry or something, they're going to make you work that business for 30 days, basically to get income verification. Mm hmm. And then after that, basically, I'll just talk to you about, you know, what you want in your house, where you want to live, what kind of area you want to be in. Um, You know, do you have kids? Do you want a good school district? Um, Do you want to be close to downtown? Do you want to walk to some bars? You know, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms? You want it updated? Do you want to fix and flip? Do You want to go inside and, you know, get a cheaper house and work on it long term? Oh, wow. So you
0: asked the whole thing. Yeah. So
1: I asked basically all those questions because at the end of the day, um... I'm going to go look for houses for you and send them directly to your cell phone. Um, and if I'm sending you a bunch of, you know, whack houses that you're not liking, you're going to be like, what's this guy doing? Mm-hmm. So basically I get your search criteria down to a hundred percent. That's number two. First thing is definitely verifying that you can actually purchase a house and your credit score is good enough. And I take it from there and then
0: I'll start sending you houses and we go see them. Now you might, you might get this. Uh, I've, Never done this process, but like I've seen you post your things on like Instagram and all that. And I'll see some stuff that Tony be posting. All right. So why can't I just go online and do like my own filters? Cause it almost seems like you're the human version of that. Like I just tell you, okay, yeah. I want this backyard, I want this many garage, I want this many bedrooms yada 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 what's stopping me from just doing that online and and putting uh search filters
1: well that's the whole thing that i like to implement into my business is the hospitality hospitality aspect Mm -hmm. you know i don't want you to do anything i'm going to do everything for you i'm going to send you houses that i know you're going to like and i'm going to make it very easy and very seamless for you i'm going to put you in touch with a mortgage lender it's going to be top notch i like to say i give white glove service you know that's what i do um I make it very simple for you so at the end of the day once you buy your house how many friends do you have you know you're gonna go to a bar hey I just bought a house my real estate agent Paul he made it so simple for me and when that person's ready to buy a house they're gonna be like hey DJ you know I remember you told me that that guy did an excellent job can I have his number and that's basically how my business thrives off his referrals mm-hmm. um, and
0: that's what I do yeah awesome okay no, I, I and and I knew that going in. I was just like, let let's see if you can spiel your way. Into yes, sir. It. It, it's the hospitality.
1: It's it all. It all leads back to hospitality and how you treat people. And
0: please, the search engines are never great. Like I'll I'll put those filters, and then I'll still see that one. I'll I'll put a house with the budget, and they'll still give me something. Well, modest. I still
1: always educate people. You know, I like to use um. It's more personable. I don't use Zillow. Oh, Zillow over here. Oh, Zillow. Yeah, I don't use Zillow app. I always tell my clients, download Redfin. Redfin is, in my opinion, a lot better than Zillow. And so basically, and I'll educate you on that. I'll tell you to download the Redfin app. And I'll, in the first time I meet with you, I'll basically hop on your phone for you and set up a Redfin search for you. So it's automatically sending you push notifications in the area you want to live in. Mm. So the moment that house comes on market, you're getting a push notification on your phone. And if you like it, you can send it to me direct and i'm already have push notifications set up on my phone for your search so i'm probably even, i might even get it before you and i'm sending you the house is this coming to you and you're gonna be like or
0: i might be busy yeah working or something but absolutely that, this is what you do absolutely dude that's awesome um it, now sometimes you uh uh so like it it sends a notification on my phone mm-hmm. or whatever and you send it to me and it's like, hey, I think this house is something you might be interested. Say, like, I'm at work, right? Uh, do I say, yeah, this one looks interesting? And then you go there first to examine the house before you bring me to do a walkthrough?
1: No, typically so. I'll send you the house. And if you think you like it, you know, I'll always let, always wait to see if you like it first and if you like it. I'll basically ask you when are you free to go check it out
0: okay so you check it you do a walkthrough with them yeah like, i do a walk this is your with the first time looking at every the house time as well. i don't
1: ever go by myself um because at the end of the day i'm not buying the house i might see stuff that i don't like where you might love it and gotcha. i might see stuff i like where you hate it so it's like see that's it, the hospitality yeah, at right the end there. of the day i'm not going to tell you anything about a house that you want to see because i'm just there to guide you basically mm-hmm. at the end of the day you can buy a fix and flip house that is ran into the ground. But as long as you're happy and that's a good investment for you, I'm happy. Um, And it's like, I'm not steering
0: people towards any, any type of house or
1: anything. And it's like, what if, what, they, what if
0: they ask you like, Hey Paul, like l- let me get your personal opinion on this. Like, do you like this sink? And, and so 100% like
1: I've had multiple houses this year, multiple clients where we go to the house and they're like, I've, I love the house so much. Um, I want this house. And my first one liner is always I hate to be the Debbie Downer but look I'm gonna walk you through this house and I'm gonna show you what I see so I have very good attention to detail so I'm looking all around the house I look at the exterior of the house interior I'm walking you around the house and I'm pointing every little thing I see and then that's just off the visual and then that doesn't even involve the pricing Mm -hmm. and then basically if you say you like the home so what I do is I get on the MLS which is a website for realtors only and I look at the comparable the recently sold properties in the area because that's basically how you get the market value of the home. So I'll basically do my thing and I'll find the market value and I'll let you know if this is a good house or if it's overpriced, underpriced, or if you're going to be in a bidding war. Um, so I'll tell you all those things and then I'll let you decide on what you want to do. Like I said, I just guide you to the right direction where I think, you know, it's setting
0: you up for success. Nice. So... um should young people uh, still live with their parents and save up for a house, or should they, you know, go out and get an apartment, move out, and then see what life is like, and then save up for a house that way?
1: I think that could go both ways. So, I'm one hundred percent with that if you have the right mindset.
0: With what the moving with staying, out,
1: staying no, with staying with your parents if you have the right mindset. Yeah, a lot of times what people will do is. They'll be like, Oh, I'm gonna stay with mom and dad and save up some money. But they're out partying every night. Yeah. They're not paying rent. So they're not really saving money like they should be, I feel like. Um, but if your mindset's in the right place, like stay in your mom's basement, save up as much money as you can every month, and then you're gonna have a down payment for a house like within the year. You know, but a lot of people are like, you know, I don't wanna stay with mom and dad. Let me go rent this one bedroom apartment, one bathroom for twelve hundred a month. And so you're basically paying twelve hundred a month, that can, and then could be going towards that could a, be going towards your down payment for a house. But you're basically you're putting twelve hundred a month, and then you're saving just the bare minimum. And basically, you don't get out of that out of that phase basically, and you're just renting for long term until one day hopefully you have enough money. But stay with your parents. Yeah, you know as long as your mindset's right,
0: no, be it, there to save. It's funny because uh, uh, working with Chandra, that's what he did. And then I was just like at the time I was like twenty seven, twenty-eight and he was like oh, Mr. Yeah. AMC. Man, Mr. AMC to the moon <laughs> and he uh he he had no shame. He 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 was older than me. I think he was like twenty-eight, twenty-nine at the time. And he was just like, Oh no, I still live with my parents, like it's all good and I'm just saving up, my car's paid off, I'm saving up for a house. And I was like, So you never lived in an apartment? He was like, Nope, just saving up for a house. The point I like to make though is how many people
1: dogged on him? and made fun of him for living with his parents and how many of those same people don't have a house now and he does yeah exactly that's where it adds up it's like this man has a house he may be five years younger than you and you're still renting you've rented your whole life yeah and you were making fun of him for living with his parents but at the end of the day he set a plan and he executed and that's my whole mindset thing if you have the plan to get a house execute it and do it correctly that's what chandra did
0: yeah no i think and and honestly like now looking back at it i'm like so jealous like um anybody who is disciplined and, and has done that themselves because uh i was talking to one of my brothers about this uh just getting in the mindset of like how am i might start saving up for a house because i'll be honest i i'm saving up just in general but not for a house and uh he was telling me that he's not a real estate guy He, he he's a school teacher but he was telling me that from the prices he's uh, he's have seen, he was talking about like I feel like the house market is is like geared towards couples, like dual income basically. And then so I want to get your thoughts on that. And but but Chandra's that outlier liar, you know, he was able to do it as a single dude, Absolutely. as a young dude. And I'm like, man, just from living with his parents, I'm like, you know what? If I could go back in time and do it all over again, I so would. And when I have kids, I'm gonna tell them it's like, listen. Like I need to give you your space. I get it. You're older. You you want to be able to invite your friends. You want to be able to party. I get that. But like, trust me. I'm going to give you an investment. Save up your money, and get a house. Don't get an apartment. Just get a house.
1: That's helping your kids out long term. Yeah. Now a I'm lot of glad people are know like, it like, you know, at 18, they're like, get the hell out of my house. Yeah. Go move somewhere. And those are probably the probably the same exact your people your that didn't buy but, their man, first house till people. they were 40. Yeah. You know, those are probably the same exact parents that. You know, they rented a house the whole time the kid was in high school. All the kid knows is rentals his whole life. So, you know, he's not geared towards thinking about buying a house. Yeah. But I truly do believe it's with the parents setting the kids up for success because the parents have been through the trials and tribulations and they should be, you know, passing that down to their kids. But a lot of times parents don't care. They just want to be by themselves at this point. Like by the time I was 21, my mom loved for me to live in the house. And when I moved, it broke her heart. And, but at the same time, you know, she still never really taught me, you know, I should be staying with her and saving money. Yeah. Um, I kind of had to learn the value of a dollar myself, you know, and that's yeah. the biggest thing that you can do when you're young is learning the value of a dollar and how to work for it and how to save it.
0: Yeah. My parents did do a good job of teaching me the value of a dollar. Like I, the moment I got a job when I was like 17, 18, uh, uh, I pride myself to the point where I I never wanted to ask my parents for any help, any money. And I was able to... I remember when I hit like year three or year four, whatever, like a couple of years. And uh, I was teasing one of my brothers. uh, He had to ask my mom for money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I've never had to ask mom for money or dad for money. So... And it actually made me happy that, like, I knew money management. I, I, I was good. I was disciplined. Mm-hmm. But no disrespect to my parents because they're my number one fans. Uh, yeah, they never told me. We love you, mom and dad. I love you, mom and dad. <laughs> they never told me, like, hey, you need to save up for a house. Like, yeah, you can save up for that new game system, for that movie, for those new clothes and shoes and stuff. Sh- you need to save up for a house though. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't waste your money on an apartment. Yeah, I get it. You want to be out, you want to like, you know, meet some girls whatever, but you need to save up for a house. Trust me, you're going to you're going to be better off with it. And so I wish they would have told me that. How dare you not tell me that? But now I know it and I'm going to pass that on to my future But
1: kids. I'll also say don't knock a lot of people that, you know, move out no, and buy houses because they learn the values of how to work for your money and how to save it and how to pay rent every month, which, you know, that's a value that you're going to take to when you own a house, yeah. you know, you got to learn how to save money. You got to learn how to pay your mortgage bill because, you know, unlike a rental, if you don't pay that mortgage, the bank's coming to get your house and versus a rental, you're getting kicked out, but you don't own that house. So basically you're, you're going to be in foreclosure if you're not paying your mortgage. So that's the biggest thing is, you know, learning actually how to pay bills. And yeah. I feel like renters learn that, you know, pretty quickly and, i think they learned pretty quickly it's not fun yeah to pay rent because you know so i'll say this to everyone watching paying rent is like going to the atm let me take a let me take 1200 dollars out for this one bedroom apartment and give it to my landlord it's like going to the atm withdrawing 1200 dollars. there's a trash can right next to me i'm gonna drop it in the trash can that's what rent is you know you're giving money to someone you're lining someone else's pockets instead of your own pockets. You're paying
0: somebody else's mortgage. Yeah,
1: you're paying someone else's mortgage when you could be you know, paying cheaper than 1200 a month for a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, and you're overpaying it over long term. And then once you sell it, you're going to recoup all that money. So a wise man once told me living in your house is like living in your bank account because you're paying yourself back over the term. And once you sell that house, what are you going to do? You're going to recoup all that money. And you're going to get some on top, if you had a good real estate agent that, you know, got you in the right house with a good investment. Whose name is Paul Roberts. Yes, yes I get it. All right. <laughs> living in your bank account, Peter Apers told me that it bones. You know? ah. That was a big thing, you know, and he he talked a lot to us about finances. And, you know, he I did. learned a great deal from him. And that was one of the things that stuck with me is buying a house is like living in your bank account.
0: That's awesome. I mean, yeah, again, no disrespect to anybody who's lived in an apartment, who's renting, because I'm renting. Like, it's it's, it's I mean... It, Th- different things happen. Um. So what, like, let's say now, you know, like, you're going to refer to some of your clients to like, hey, if you want to get to know me a little bit, you, you, know, you know, you should watch this episode, this uh, silly dude with a podcast. Absolutely. Um. So what's something like right now you would like your clients to know? Uh, uh, like, if, if nothing else, before they're right now, they're shopping for a real estate agent. They've seen all the billboards. They've seen all the Facebook posts. What is something you want to know about your client, want them to know about you? What separates you from the rest?
1: Okay, so I'll say the first thing that separates me from the rest is, say you call this real estate agent that's super big online, he does a lot of deals every year, he has 30 people hitting him up a day trying to do a real estate transaction with him, Um, how long is it going to take for you to get a response from that guy? Mm which that ties into my big thing is communication. Um, and any of the clients that I've sold a house to this year, they can vouch for me. You text me at 10 o'clock at night, and I guarantee you, you're going to get a response in about one minute. I always got my phone on me. Communication is the biggest key. Especially
0: since you do this full time.
1: Absolutely. It's the biggest key and the biggest asset in my business is communication. Um, I'm constantly in contact with, with my client over every single detail. You know, Every single detail, every single email. I'll call them, let let them know, I just talked to the mortgage lender. They just said, you have to do this, this, and this to get approved for the loan. Um, And that's not the last conversation I'm having with you. I'm following you up with you every day to make sure you're doing that. And I'm holding you accountable because I know you wanna buy a house and at the end of the day, I'm gonna hold you accountable and help you do that and walk you through it. And that's my number one thing against other agents is communication, like you find this guy Like I said, you find the guy on the internet that's doing a hundred deals a year. He may not email you back for five days. And so look, this this year I've had three people that have contacted me. They fired their agent and said, I'm going with you, Paul, because basically I know them. They saw me off social media, selling houses. And they basically have that trust with me because they personally know me. Um, Every single one of them, all three, they're like, Paul, you've done a great job. Your communication's on point. My last real estate agent, they. I would text them and I might get I might not get a response till the next day. Um I ask them to send me houses. They're literally just send me one one house a week. Sometimes it's overpriced and it's not even what I want. So just hearing that and like hearing that I'm actually doing a good job and making it happen for them is a big thing for me, you know. So yeah, tie awesome. back in that in circle circling back around. <laughs> um, communication is, you know, my number one thing
0: honestly. Yeah. I see I'm glad you said that because I'm not gonna lie. Even though I'm in school, and even though I was determined, I was like, oh, "It's just you know, maybe I can drop out and do this real estate game." But I'm glad you said that. Communication is the key. Your res- your response game is quick. My response quick. game is whack. I I'm the worst texter alive. You and and here here's why I'm the worst. I'll put it out publicly. I'm not ashamed of this. You text me 99.9 percent of the time. I've seen the text, yeah, I just don't reply then and there, like you'll text me, my phone, bring all right, I'll text you back later, yep, that's me, I'm sorry, but sometimes I really don't. sometimes I leave my phone upstairs and I'm downstairs cooking and all that stuff, whatever, but i'm I don't know why, like I'm the worst texter. that's why I'm old school. You call me, we'll talk, like you get me then, then and now, because I got my beats in and I'm always listening to music, whatever, random no.
1: That's true, man. 99% of the times, if someone texts me and I'm driving or something, I'm like, I'll respond to it later. I'm forgetting about that whole entire text because a lot of other people are going to be texting me. So that text gets pushed to the bottom. So I've just kind of implemented it in my business. Once I get a text, respond right then and there and don't even think about it and push it to the side, you know? I mean,
0: especially like, you know, if you get two texts, one from, like, you know, some of your buddies and one from a client. You got to reply to the client first. Yeah, absolutely. Screw your buddies. Mm-hmm. The client comes first. I, I, I totally get it. I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I see that client, I'll be like, later. I
1: get people all the time that tell me that I'm the most fastest texture backer in the world. And I'll be like, Wow, oh, that grammar on that good.
0: sentence, the fastest. The you don't fastest, have to say the most fastest. The
1: most fastest texture in the world.
0: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's awesome, dude. No, good. Good on you. That uh, I I don't know what the real estate game is. I don't know, but I I don't have to worry about it because again, you're already sold. You're gonna be my guy. Um, what is something you need to know about your client in order to help them? So like, it, it, besides budget, like I know budget the number. I mean, one basically, thing. a
1: big thing is like lifestyle. Like, you know, if you have kids, like, do you need a good school district for your kids? Like, what kind of school do you want them going to? You know, I'm a pet lover. A big thing for me is, like, do you have pets? Like, do you have a dog? I know you have a dog. I'm going to get you a fenced in backyard because I know if I'm – so, like, I put myself in your shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, so I basically take your situation, put it in my situation, I think. If I was in Dom's shoes, what would I want in a house, basically? And then I'll talk about all those things with you. And, like, I know if you have a dog, bam, we're getting a fenced in backyard already. But I, I will go ahead and bring that up to you before you even bring it up to me. To show you, you know no, that I'm thinking, thinking about, about you and I care about you and your situation, and I'm catering towards your situation, and that's a big another trust thing. I tell you, I tell people all that, and they're like, "Man, you really care," and I'm like, "I, I genuinely." That's do. that one percent. That's that yeah, raving fan. One percent right there.
0: Yeah. So, what's uh have you had a client uh, a moment where you you've had that uh, something specific? If you if you don't mind bringing that up, uh, something where you 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 just brought something up that it was small to you but it was huge to them
1: um i mean definitely like a big thing is i feel like is safety for women mm. like a lot of women will think about buying a house and stuff um and i'll go there and i'll be like you know i'm not gonna lie to you i don't think this area is like a percent 100 safe for you you know, and I'll walk around the perimeter of the house with you and I'll be like, if you live here, you need to get cameras there, there and there. um, Or you might want to stay in a townhome where you got a bunch of people, you know, around you that can watch you and whatnot. So that's a big thing. Like I, I look for is safety for females, 100 percent, because that's a big thing. You know, females like they want to walk their dog at night. I want to make sure they're in a super secure area because if something happened to you at the end of the day and I sold you that house, I'm going to be like, man, why would I sell her that house? Like she got hurt over there. Especially if you like bad feelings. it's my, feelings.
0: You know, it's like, my it, fault. Yeah. And if you had bad feelings about it, you were like, Man, I had bad feelings about it and I still sold it to that house. Yeah. So So no. basically
1: and so that I tell you everything I think of. I'm not gonna leave anything unsaid. I'm gonna basically tell you everything I think of and I'm gonna let you form your own opinion, basically, yeah. and that's how I do it.
0: What's uh what's another thing like um uh so there's budget, there's lifestyle, uh What's another thing or 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 story that you you walked around the house? You might have pointed something else that uh, pointed something out that a client didn't see, and they were like, "Wow, Paul! Like, holy crap! Your your attention to details on point."
1: It's really just like a lot of small things, like when you go around the
0: exterior of the house. Um, How, like real quick This just popped into my head Sorry to interrupt Uh, What How big deal Is a small deal You know You know what I'm saying like- It
1: depends on It depends on What it is Like The water leak Is Can be a small thing That can turn into A massive thing And like definitely Like water Water intrusion in a house Is one of the number one Like If You read on a seller's Property disclosure Which is basically The seller fills that out Letting you know everything That happened in the house While they owned it and what they know about the property. Um so if you see water intrusion on that seller's property disclosure, like that's the first like ding ding ding, I got to super check this house out because I'm not going to sell you a house and two months of crazy storm comes and it floods and you're like you call me, Paul, my house flooded. Why didn't we look at this on the seller's property disclosure? And I'm like that's me screwing up, which I don't I don't let happen. Yeah. So Like, a small thing can turn into big, and it's just like, you know, pest problems, water problems. Um, I try to basically talk people into buying a house with fixable issues, basically. And, like, water intrusion, if you're on, like, a hill or something, you're not fixing that. That water is going to constantly run towards your house, and it's going to be a long-term issue. And it's something that I'm going to guide you away from, basically, because who wants your house flooded? I know I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, screw that.
0: You get that one crazy client like, I can work with this. I
1: can work, I can work with it. Hmm, maybe if we add some more drainage over there. I'll, I'll create we'll a deal. drainage here. <laughs> and I'm like, i let you know everything I, that I, told, I said. I told okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you form your own opinion now. Like I said, that's what I do. Because I'm not going to tell people don't buy a house. Yeah. Unless it's like truly like, screw that house. Do not buy Have it.
0: you seen a house that? Yeah, I mean, that?
1: there's been multiple houses this year where we went to see the house and they loved it. And I'm like. This isn't a house for you. It's got this, this, and this wrong with it. Um, and they trusted so you. So a big thing, I, I'm, I'm going to lead this um, into the next topic, is I call shiny pennies. Shiny so like, what say you go to a house, and I call them fix and flips house. And another term I like to call those are makeup homes. Mm-hmm. So we all see on social media these busted women these days putting on they're going from a two to a 10 putting makeup on doing crazy stuff and a lot of these people these days these house investors are buying these houses super cheap they're throwing a coat of paint on there putting some nice countertops in they're adding that makeup effect to the house Mm. but really within the house there's so many problems that they covered up with a coat of paint and that's my goal to tell you like i mean you may get into the house and you're like look at this kitchen it's so beautiful and i'm like look man this kitchen may cost $10,000 to do, but you're going to be overpaying 30 grand for this house. So why don't you just get a cheaper house? And then you put that 10 grand in yourself. And so that's my goal is trying to get people away from shiny pennies, looking at the shiny details about the house and falling in love with it and basically getting their emotions worked up. And then they want that house. But at the end of the day, that house truly isn't the best for them because this person may have bought the house for a hundred grand last year and they're selling it to you for 300 grand. You know at the end of the day that house is not worth that renovation that they did to it, you know.
0: So you that being said with the makeup effect, that's a nice way to put it. Uh so you're not even looking at the basically the cosmetics of the house. You're looking at the interior of the house like yeah. things like the pipes. The, Absolutely. I guess the walls, whatever.
1: Uh So you hear a lot of people say this house has good bones um good bones is structural sound foundation you know all the pipes are good um all your plumbing is good all your electrician electricity is good you know you have a good roof and the only thing that needs to be fixed is cosmetic issues Mm -hmm. that's cool you know by all means do that and by the time you you know you live in the house a year you're gonna do a bunch of renovations it's gonna be exactly what you want but that's my goal is to get you a house with good bones and not just makeup like a lot of times People focus on the makeups. People focus on the cosmetic things that they could do themselves over a long term versus, you know, the floor might, might not be sound. They put new flooring down. The flooring looks great, but you're walking on it and you see you can roll a marble like a lot of times in a house. Oh, that's not good. You go to the floor, you'll, you could drop a marble on there. It's rolling to one side of the house. That's not good. And those are the kind of just the things that I point out and show people. And a lot of times they like to... Look the other way, and I'm like, you know, don't do
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, because I, I mean, with a social... lot of people call it lipstick on a pig. <laughs> you know,
1: that's another way to put it. Um, I like to call it the makeup effect. It sounds a little nicer.
0: A little nicer. Look at you being all PC. <laughs> uh, I will say that with social media. I mean, I'm not focused too much on it when like. Every now and then when I'm, like, scrolling, and I'll see a house, and I'll see, like, a little walkthrough, I am paying attention to to the cosmetics. Because that's... What you see is what you get. That's what I'm looking yep, at. Absolutely. So, I'm not... I don't know the bones, but... Because I can't see it. So, I'm I'm looking at the... Oh, wow, that bedroom is huge. Oh, look. They have an island kitchen. I want that. And, uh, oh, that's a huge closet. Um, And that's what I was saying. People
1: invest so much thought into the cosmetics where they don't even think about how much over they're overpaying for that property and when they could just do those installations themselves for so much cheaper and the big thing is you know you might be overpaying 40k for the house but that 40k is not just 40k you're getting a 30-year loan and you're putting an interest rate on that 40 grand that you're going to be additionally paying every single year so by the time you pay off that house that 40k is increased maybe two times like a bunch of money versus you could have bought the house that wasn't cosmetically sound. You do all the renovations yourself and you're not, you know, you don't have an interest rate on any of that money. Mm. And that's a big thing that I like that to, is. you know, try to educate people about.
0: Damn, you're, you're doing, the, I mean, it it goes without saying, I was just going to hire you because I know you personally, you're my friend. But now- Listening to you, you are actually convincing me you are a really great real estate guy. Absolutely.
1: And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think um, their real estate agent is just there to help you buy the house and just like help you get through the transaction. But at the end of the day, like it goes back to looking for a real estate agent online. You hire someone you don't know and you may not trust them. They're going to get you in a house that you want to buy and they're gonna be super excited about just getting the deal done because what do they want? They want that money. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I'll tell you four houses in a row, that house isn't right for you. We're gonna keep the search up until you find a house you like because long term, that's gonna affect my business and I'm gonna make a lot more money off that over the long term and you're gonna be a lot more happy with my services. Yeah, versus... so everybody wins. You you yeah. you you
0: made them happy and you got money. So it's a everybody wins. You're not just trying to...
1: And a lot of people have been giving real estate agents a bad persona. Like, they genuinely don't care about you because a lot of them don't. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of them just want to get the transaction done, make that money, push you to the side, go to the next person they find. And then it's basically, you know, a snowball effect. They just keep doing that to people. And it's not right, you know? And genuinely, in my heart, I'm not going to do that to anyone because I'm not a bad person. I actually care about you and your family, you know?
0: No, yeah, when I went to Bones and you were my server, you you cared. Like even though, you know, we could talk crap about serving, not just like at Bones, but just in general. Like, you know, every every server has their bad day, every real estate person has their bad days. But if you had a bad day that day you served me, I couldn't tell because in that moment it's not about you, it was about the guests. Absolutely. So I could tell that it's about the clients, not about you. And mm-hmm. how you said that, like when you see things that you may not like, it's it's you keep quiet it's like it's not about me until they ask me my opinion maybe i'll shed some light but it's about them it's all about them it's all about them
1: that's what we learned at (laughs) bones it's (laughs) about the guests it's not about you never intrude in someone's conversation until they invite you in
0: yeah um so what are your thoughts on hoas and if you can explain what hoas is Um, for those that don't know i know what it I know what it stands for. I know a little bit about what it is, but I want to hear somebody who actually knows what they're talking about.
1: So people like will live and die by an HOA. Like Either they love it or they hate it. So uh, HOA stands for a Homeowners Association. So basically, say you live in a certain subdivision. um, You have five people within that subdivision that are on the HOA board, basically. They're making the rules. It's basically the HOA is like rules of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, so like say... Say you have a, well, I'll say some people don't like it because it's additional money. Um, so in addition to your mortgage, you're going to be paying like, say around 250 a month for HOA. That's similar to rent. You're basically just giving that money to someone. You're not ever going to see that money back. But at the same time, your neighborhood's very nice. Your neighborhood's very clean. You're never going to get the neighbor next to you that plays loud music at night, has their yard trashy. Because the HOA is regulating all those rules, like, you know, you can't play loud music past 11. Your grass has to be a certain length. You can't have flowers in this part of the yard because it's not going to look right for the neighborhood. Um, You may have a pool in your neighborhood, and they're going to keep the pool, you know, 100% nice all the time. And if there's a big project in the neighborhood, the board is basically going to vote on it, and everyone else in the neighborhood is going to vote on it, and your HOA fee might go up a little bit but you're going to get an addition to your neighborhood versus a non-HOA neighborhood. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. Um, basically I own this house. My neighbor can literally do whatever he wants. Like he could be chopping trees down at 12 o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> and I can't say anything about it cause there's no HOA to, you know, regulate that. Yeah. Um, and personally, like I think a HOA thing is kind of like, as you grow older and I think an HOA is big with people that have had those neighbors next to them. That they hate literally, and that's what the HOA does. is basically gives you a peace of mind in your neighborhood.
0: I want to pay additional money a month just so I don't hate my neighbors.
1: Basically, I mean, that, I mean, that's really what it boils that's, down to. That's
0: what it comes down to. That's what I've I've heard about it. Again, like I'm not in the business like you are. Like I just hear from you know friends and family talking about it, and I can see the pros and cons to it. I think if it comes down to me personally. I would try first not doing HOA because, mm-hmm. like, one, I want to save money. And two, I don't like the idea, Want freedom. I want to be able to, like, oh, I want to re- renovate my house. I want to be able to do this. And I want to play loud music. I'm a night owl. Oh, but... let's go,
1: go back to that. That's another big thing. Ooh, what's that? Um, renovations onto your house. Like, if you want a tree chopped down in your yard, or if you want to put up a new privacy fence, Anything regarding the exterior of your home or your yard, you have to get HOA approval before you can even start on the project. So say you want five trees cut down in your backyard, the tree service comes, gives you a quote. They literally have to get an agreement from the HOA that agrees for them to do the work. So that's kind of another down point. And I feel like the HOA is really for people that are kind of like a little more uppity and that have the bankroll that they don't worry about
0: paying that money every month this is what i've heard i heard hoa same with that like it's, mm-hmm. it's within that same demographics hoa's is that for people who want to protect their investment who want to soundly protect their investment because if you're uh, uh if your neighbors are basically being reg regulated like you are then you know that you dropped like you know, 400 grand on this house, Mm -hmm. it's always going to have that value and up. It's never going to go down. That's what HOAs. I would say
1: definitely HOA maintains the value of your property because you, and I will say this, you know, me working with a bunch of clients this year, some like HOA, some don't like them. And the ones that do, when you go in a non-HOA neighborhood, the first thing they say when you see them at the property, this is a non-HOA neighborhood, isn't it? And Mm. they can tell because the yards are literally like, yeah, People have stuff like tires in their front yard or something like that. <laughs> HOA is not allowing any of that. Yeah. So it's really like, like I said, it's kind of like for people
0: that want control in their neighborhood. And I get it. Like yeah. I get the pros and cons to it. I, I totally do. I get the argument. And I'm not, I'm not one to say, like, I'm not saying that I wouldn't get it. I'm not saying that I wouldn't get it. I, I, I would say that uh, I'm going to first attempt to not get it yeah absolutely i would say the hoa like
1: i said the hoa is kind of like a, you kind of grow into that long term and like i said once you've been scarred by you know a couple neighbors i feel like that's when you're kind of like i want to go in the hoa area or if you're just older and you have a lot of money and you literally don't want to hear people blasting music at night or having a party (laughs) like by all means go to the hoa neighborhood like i had a client this year you know, they were playing karaoke outside his house until, like, 3 in the morning sometimes. <laughs> and he was like, I'm never living by that again. Mm-hmm. Find me a house with a HOA so all that can be in the guidelines so I'm never hearing music past a certain yeah. point. Because I know I'm not loud, so I want my neighbor not to be loud. So it kind of, you know, it benefits a lot of people, and a lot of people just hate it.
0: Yeah. I... <laughs> On a silly random note, I can picture me being old and i'm a heavy sleeper mm-hmm. uh so if i'm still a heavy sleeper when i'm old and stuff i'm gonna be the coolest old guy neighbor and i'm a night owl For so sure. like if my neighbors young kids and they're playing loud music two things are gonna happen either i'm just gonna go to sleep because I'm old and I fall asleep or I'm going to party with them. Yeah. And they're going to be like, this is the coolest old dude ever. Like that's, that's what's going to happen. I, one of I those think I'd be things.
1: a cool dude too. I'm bringing beers to the party for sure. I'll, I'll knock
0: on their door and then they're going to be like, oh, do we need to turn down their music? I'm like, no, you need to turn it up. Here's some beer. Let's go. Crank it up. <laughs> Crank it <on>? up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, no, I, I, again, I get the argument on both sides for HOAs and non HOAs. I just know one hundred percent for me that the first house I'm looking into is definitely going to be non HOA. Well, I
1: mean, a lot of young people, you know, you don't want to HOA because you don't want to pay that additional money out of pocket. You, you
0: don't want to pay that additional money, but also because I know being young too, uh, and and being excited, this is my first house mm-hmm. and stuff. I want I want to I want to fix it up. I want to add little things to it. I don't want to ask permission. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just annoying. I it's get a headache. it. Yeah, I get it later down the road, especially when I have a family and I have kids and I want and like cuz I already know I'm going to be like super overprotective well, with my wife and kids that yeah, maybe in down the road I might but I'm not I'm not banking on a it. A big question to ask yourself
1: on if you want a HOA or not. Do you like Karens? that is the big question if you don't like karen's stay away from the hoa neighborhood if you do like karen's by all means go there because they're gonna be walking past your house if you have your grass a certain uh a certain height taller than it you know you're getting a email or a letter in your mailbox hey uh one of your neighbors has brought to our attention that your grass is overly tall this week so we need you to cut it if you're willing to go through all that by all means go for it but like i said a lot of Karen's like HOAs, dude. Sure. That's
0: that's golden. That's a golden. It true, it's true. It's true. No, it's, it's very true. true. I don't even know it, and I already mm-hmm. know it. Yeah. All right. So, what is build your idealistic home or your your ideal home, but realistic?
1: Okay, realistic ideal home for me. So it's gonna be a ranch home, ranch style home with a basement in the bottom and the basement's definitely going to be a man cave office, you know. Yeah. Definitely with a no women allowed sign. <laughs> um I want a wrap around porch because I love spending time on my front porch. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like the small things that I see now as a real estate agent. I want updated countertops, updated cabinets. You know, I want to be able to push those drawers in and them slow shut, you know, real slow. I don't want them to slam. I want them to slow shut. Uh, cabinets and all that I want quartz countertops like a big thing for me now is the farmhouse styles Mm -hmm. you know I like the rustic wood um, look with you know the the fully white kitchen I think it's beautiful with the updated light fixtures you know I want a backyard with you know a built-in fireplace you know um, with with the path going to it with pavers around it super nice Um, and I want a basketball goal you know I like shooting basketballs in my backyard this is something I do for fun, yeah, and my friends like doing it. So I think definitely the farmhouse style, ranch level, master on the main, with a nice, with a nice basement, a nice man cave area. That's nice kind of where here. I'm at.
0: That's that's awesome. For... What's your
1: dream house? Let's hear that.
0: <laughs> okay, so I kind of got two, and they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, so the first one is my, uh, realistic one where. I'm most likely going to get when I hire you and, and get the first home. And within my budget, it's just three things. Uh, not Island kitchen. Have to have an island. God, kitchen. Have an you have an island. island. Have an island you know? I don't have an island. Unfortunately, oh, okay. an island kitchen. Uh, I wish I did. Uh, a night uh, or no, no, this, that's for the second one, uh, a room for the podcast room. Cause I kind of need it. Uh, I'm not going to stop this and uh, a garage. Like, I have to have a garage. Gotta
1: have a garage. So that's one thing I will say. When I bought my house with a garage, I never knew how much I loved a garage until it's raining. Do you park raining. your car inside? I park my car in the garage every
0: night. Dude, now I do. Like, it's living here? How many
1: times have you walked to your car in the rain?
0: Never. Zero. Zero. And you
1: never really know that benefit until it's super cold outside, and you go in your garage, start your car, go back in the house, and then your car is fully warm by the time you get in there. And it's pouring down rain outside. You just go straight to your car. You're super dry. You drive out to where you gotta go, and then you drive back home, and then you walk right inside
0: the house. Right like, inside, it's so dude. It's so freaking awesome. Like when I moved here, uh, living with my buddy Zach. Uh, so he gave me the garage door opener, and he was like, "Yeah, you can park your car in the garage." I didn't do it for like the first two mm-hmm. months. I don't know why, and so I just had my car outside. Then I started parking it inside. Dude, once you once you park your car on the inside of the garage, that's it. It's over. Like I'm always going Absolutely. to do that. It's a big
1: thing for your car too. You're not getting like tree sap on your car. Yep. You're not worrying about a limb falling on your car. It's not getting all the weather out there. It's like I didn't really think of it because I never had a garage growing up. As soon as I got a house with a garage, I used the garage literally for like eight months and then it was pouring down rain one day and I was like
0: Nice, nice, dude. Nice, yeah. I just, <laughs> you oh, know, man, like, so I have to it's have. It's the garage. small
1: things. I swear, it's the small things in house that they add up to, like,
0: yeah. I love it so much. So for my second house, when I'm uh, like, when now I'm a dental hygienist, I'm I'm making good money. Hopefully, I met somebody and now dual income. This is what I really want, and and I still think it's realistic. Uh, number one, still island kitchen. Have to have an island kitchen. That's It. I'm willing to compromise with a lot of counter space, but I have to have a If if I don't have an island kitchen, I have to have a a huge counter space. If I don't have a huge counter space, then there's no point. Like like,
1: as I picture it, like me, the island, I'm an entertainer. So I like to have people at my house a lot. Yeah. Just like filling the island up with like food and alcohol and drinks. And just making it look awesome for people coming to your house, showing your stuff off. That's oh, no, the big that's, thing about that's the, the, that's the thing right
0: now. Like, any ladies watching this, listen, if you wanna be with me, you have to understand you've already accepted. He's I'm, single, folks. I'm single. Like, I'm an extrovert. My house, like, this is, especially when I have kids, like, this is gonna be silly. I want my house to be the hangout house for absolutely like, my kids. 100%. Like, I, I, I truly want that. Uh, I I want my kids' friends to feel comfortable to bring their friends along, and I'll be like, oh, what's up, guys, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you have your space. I'm I'm gonna go upstairs. So I'm gonna go to my man cave. Who the fuck knows? But anyways, so uh, but yeah, island kitchen. Uh, still a uh, a uh, room for my podcast. Uh, and then separate man cave. Definitely gonna have a man cave. And then if I have more money, hopefully. I'm gonna actually trick it out to the Batcave, like the oh, Batcave, f- dudes, for for sure. I gotta trick it out to the Batcave, my my Lord and Savior, Batman. Oh, yeah. like, I have to uh, a flat backyard if I can. Like, I, I want a nice flat backyard, and then uh, like obviously a two door garage, but hopefully enough space where I can add on like another two door garage. Like, I I do want a huge garage mm-hmm. because I want to be able to have another garage also like a, as a shed kind of thing where like I'm getting into woodworking and I want to be able to actually do yeah, stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's my ideal home and then maybe a nice flat backyard. And then I can try to have a pool, but if I can have a nice flat backyard, the possibilities are endless at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah.
1: Backyard's so, a big thing for sure. Cause I spend a lot of time in my backyard. Like I have a client right now. He's looking for a house, uh, Marietta area. He lives in an apartment currently, and I keep I'm asking him like, you know, what do you want in your yard? Do you want a garage? He's like, you know, I've lived in an apartment for so long, and I have a dog. My dog doesn't even know what a backyard is. So like, honestly, I don't even care about having a backyard or a garage because I've never lived with it. And I'm like, well, let me let me let you know, buddy. Down the road, I'm going to tell you, you're going to want that backyard and you're going to want that garage because. This is where you're gonna live for long term, you know. You want to be somewhere you want to live. You want to have a nice backyard. You want to have a garage, because it's all gonna add up. And at the end of the day, that's gonna add value when you resell it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've been trying to talk to him and to like, and like I said, I'm a pet lover. Like, hey man, I don't want you to have a backyard if you got a dog, because I love that dog just as much as you do, and I want I want him to run. And I just play, met that know? dog, and I would I just give met my that life dog, for and it. I want to give him my backyard. Yeah, <laughs> like holy
0: cow, man. Um. So uh, uh, that being said, um, it, it, when you get a client, uh, are you and and obviously the client comes first. You're you're trying to guide them through it. Uh, do you ever get those clients where you know li- they've lived in an apartment their whole life and all that? oh you know what paul anything is fine and then you're just like trying to increase their standards like i call that
1: like people settling for the least you know yeah settling for you know what they're used to
0: because i'm 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 not gonna lie i'm a little bit that way when it comes to other things i'm just like hey man you know as long as it does its job but when it comes to a house i understand yeah there's there's that's another thing like i'm guiding people like i'm telling them like
1: you know, you may have lived in an apartment your whole life, but dude, you want a backyard, you want a, you know, a garage so you don't walk to the rain in your car. It's safe. And like another, so going back to the garage thing, women, the garage is one of the safest things you can get. You have a garage, you go in your car, you start it, you raise the garage door, you leave, you shut the garage door. At the end of the night when you come back home, it's dark. You go in the garage, you shut the door, you get out. There's no one around you. You're in your garage. Super safe, super secure. Holy Going back to the garage. Thing. I've never told... It's a big, it's a security <sighs> thing, you know, even for men. You yes. You know, how many people, how many, and I, 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 I try to tell women this, like nine times out of 10, when women get attacked at their property, it's them going from their car to their front door. So the oh, garage no. eliminates the whole situation because you're in an enclosed space and you could sit in your garage for five minutes and look around and make sure the ghost, is the
0: you know, it's the coast clear. Is clear. Yeah, Boom. somebody comes in the garage. You put it in reverse. You back up. Yeah, done. run them over. Holy, oh my! That's Paul. What I'm you just blew my freaking mind on the show. But
1: that's the that's another thing I like to do is put it in perspective to people that aren't thinking about this kind of stuff.
0: I wasn't even thinking about mm. that, dude.
1: For I'm, men, I mean, like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I carry a gun with me everywhere I go in my car. Good, so I'm safe. But at the end of the day. I want my lady, you know. I her want her my to lady home, to be I safe. Want her to be safe. You know, the garage is a big yeah. key factor in safety, I feel like.
0: No, that's whole... See, this is why you're a great... Re- like, for I was just... People. You're just going to be my real estate because you're my friend. But now, you're going to be my real estate because you're actually looking out for your client. Holy crap. 100%, dude.
1: That's what I do. Dude, that's...
0: Oh, my God. So, like, let's, uh, let's go back in time. Let's... Um, so, when you because I I want your clients to get to know you and, and, and your, because guys, listen, he's, he's, he's a great real estate. He, he's already sold me. Um, but let's go back in time. Let's, let's dive. Let's get your clients to know you a little bit more. Uh, what is something that, you know, as you were learning, uh, as you were studying for the test to get your license, did you have any doubts? Did you have any worries? Did you, a moment of weakness where you obviously fast forward. Now you're a real estate, so you passed. but was there a moment where, you know, you kind of doubted yourself, but you were like, you know, something awakened in you where you, you know, cause we're, we're built to serve. So that drove us in a way. So like, talk about a time. Wh- if, if you had a time where, you know, you kind of doubted yourself. You're like, man, am, am I made for this?
1: So like a big thing when I was starting to real estate, like a big thing I was doing was studying a lot of successful real estate agents and just, you know, people successful in business overall and in general in life. And the number one key thing I got from studying all these people is you have to take a chance on yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're not willing to take a chance on yourself, you're never going to make it anywhere because you're going to be scared your whole life. And that was the whole thing with me working at Bones, you know. I was complacent for a while and I was happy. I was making decent money there and I wanted to take that leap. You know, I wanted to step off that ledge and you jump You to invest in yourself. I wanted to invest in myself, you know, and that was the number one thing, you know, the whole time, man, like I'm talking to Tony, which is my mentor. Um, I'm telling him, you know, what if no one comes to me in the first year? You know, like what if I don't do any deals? I'm going to be working at bones this whole time and working full-time real estate. we are working like 70 hours a week. Um, And I kind of just put that all back in my head. And I'm not going to lie, he did a great job of coaching me and getting me out of that mental mind state. And 100%, one of the biggest thing in real estate and overall achieving a successful business is all in here. It's all in your mindset. If you think you can do it and you're willing to put that work in and invest in yourself, you're going to be successful in the long term. And that was the whole thing, man. I was just scared. Like, you know, what if no one hits me up? What if no one wants to buy a house for me? And then, like... uh, I got licensed December 28th. I joined Keller Williams January 1st. You know, I was under contract on my first deal in 2 weeks off of social media. Social media is a big key of my business. You know, I post everything I do on social media. Um if you're on Instagram, follow me on uh the PR real estate group. Oh, we're going to um, put that. Yeah, later. that's that's my that's my handle. What, um, uh, uh, I post anything and everything on that what I'm doing.
0: Was your first client somebody a complete stranger or like a no, friend no so
1: typically that's how it is in real estate your first client is typically a family friend yeah um my uncle actually was my very first client he was looking to buy a house back in November you know uh, uh he wanted kind of like an airbnb property on the lake and for him and his wife to go spend time there when it wasn't being rented out airbnb um so he contacted me he like look man I trust you Paul I'm gonna wait till you get your license And I want to be your first deal. Like he put that trust in me and it helped me out a lot. And I thought that was super cool that he did that and he waited for me. And then just ever since then, you know, I always say it's good working with a family member first because it's kind of like a trial and error thing. Like I'd definitely be more happy to mess up on a deal with my family member than someone I didn't know because the family member, you know, they're always going to be there for you, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, it just kind of started snowballing. Like um, I do a bunch of deals with people I've never met now and I'm great friends with so them. I how still was, contact them today.
0: How was your uh, uh your first deal with a complete stranger?
1: It it really it really wasn't it really wasn't crazy, man, because by then I had my systems and processes down. Mm-hmm. I knew how to use the technology um that we use at Keller Williams in my brokerage. And that was kind of like my biggest my biz my biggest obstacle was the technology, like learning how to write an offer, learning how to send it on DocuSign and get e signatures and all that. Um, and I basically, I kind of learned all that myself through YouTube, you know, YouTube <laughs> Go university, YouTube. man. Yeah. And um, Tony helped me out a lot, but Tony uses a different software than me. yeah. So he ultimately couldn't help me out too much. Um, but it was just cool, you know, working with someone that you don't know at all and then yeah. putting their trust in you and then you making it happen for them. And then them looking at you, like you're like a glowing statue. They're like, wow, you really did a great job. And like, that's one thing in the business that like, you take the heart. You love it, you know? You love yeah. helping people.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Like, I... Because uh, so far, I've been interviewing... Because it relates with this, with the podcast. Uh, I've only been interviewing people that I know. But I'm glad. Like, I I had a co-worker tell me, like, when are you going to start interviewing, like, you know, strangers and mm-hmm. people around the city? And what I told them was that... Well, first off, my friends... The whole point of this podcast is chill. And it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All my friends have stories to tell. That's the whole point. And I, I want I want them... I want to give them a platform to be able to speak, mm-hmm. you know... And and talk about themselves and all that stuff. And, uh, it, again, it's, it's just supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. But, at the same time... No disrespect to any of my friends. Uh, this is a great practice. Because like I've I've messed up several times in the past. Some Absolutely. people don't know it, some people do. And uh I I'll, I'll try to fix my mistakes, but it 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 always hits me hard and I try to learn from it, I try to bounce back. Uh the my next client after you is my buddy Alec. Shout out to you Alec. He actually got me the mugs. Shout out to you Alec. Look at that shout merch. Uh, Cheers, shout brother. out to you. Anyways, uh Alec uh, his episode—he was talking about NASCAR. It was a great episode. Learned a lot. Uh, he's really passionate about NASCAR. He's—he's he's gonna be a NASCAR racer. Like I'm—I'm going to put money down. He's—he's he's gonna make it. Uh, I botched the audio. Like I caught the visuals and all this stuff, but I botched the audio, and I had to use the audio from the cameras or from the phones, and I was so mad at myself. And but ne- after that I never did that mistake ever again. Mm-hmm. So you learn from it and now that once I get a client interview like a complete stranger and stuff, I know that they can put their trust in me that they're going to get a great interview. I've learned to not talk as much, to let them talk more and to not mess up on the editing. So You invested
1: in yourself, man.
0: Yeah. And 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 I'm glad you said that too like you know like you know Basically, you were saying like you got you just have to start. You got to start know? somewhere. You you just have to start somewhere because that's again same thing with the podcast, same thing with me with school that uh like uh you know no disrespect to any servers out there w- wherever you are, but you know we realize we want something more. You know if if you want to be a server, you want to be a server. That's fine, but we wanted something more. And we took a shot on ourselves. We invested in ourselves. So we're putting I'll, ourselves I'll up. stop
1: you right there. And that's yeah. a big thing that everybody, when you're starting something new, entrepreneurship, starting a new baseball team, doing whatever that makes you happy, understanding your big why, why you're doing it for yourself. Back to you.
0: That's awesome. Why I'm doing it for myself, like, or why I'm doing it, for me, it comes down to my niece. My niece was born in 2020. And it like... I wasn't even thinking about this. Like my sister-in-law, she was pregnant and all that stuff. Everybody was happy. And we were just all praying that she had a healthy, you know, a baby girl. And the moment my niece was born, I realized, like it hit me with a ton of like a ton of breaks. I realized, uh shit, I'm never gonna see this girl grow up like on the weekends. When I was a kid, most of the time I saw my family members was on the weekends, like at barbecues and stuff, and I was like I'm never going to see this girl growing up, uh, uh, working as a server and as a server, you're, you give up your weekends. So I made it a, a like a transition. Like, it was like, I need a nine to five. I want that. But let everybody talks about nine to fives, the soul sucking way, but let me find one that I, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So to make a long story short, uh, you know, bones needed to happen and then where I'm at needed to happen to get me to go to school, to get me to be disciplined and focused, uh, to, you know, go to school, get a nine to five, become a dental hygienist. But also with this podcast, uh, I, I, I lived out in the city. You knew that. And I did not have any social life besides the people at bones, uh, you know, great people and all that. But, I didn't have a real social life, and I was like, I I, I need that. I, I want to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I want to hear stories. Absolutely. So then I started this podcast, and like I can't tell you the fear that I had starting this. Even though I'm not making any money, it's not popular yet, and I was yet. just like, <laughs> I was just like, L- you know what? Let me just start it. And little by little, it became to this. I got you as a guest. You're sharing your story now, and I'm. Just, so happy and more to come in the future this is not going to be the last time you come in and all that but uh uh basically you're saying confidence it ties into everything but you gotta start like the greatest advice i i was given was in 2020 in november uh this dude who i never met his name is ryan literally looked at me gave no gave zero fucks about my feelings and was like you need to start this podcast like i never met him before and he was like you need to start this shout out to ryan shout out to you ryan and i was like you know what yeah and he was like the only thing holding back holding you back is you and he was so right so now seeing you like i i'd known you from bones and again no disrespect to bones But it just looked like, you know, you were complacent, like you said, like just being at Bones. And then later you found your calling at Mm -hmm. being a real estate guy. And and dude, that's awesome. Uh, I'll
1: tie into that. I think a big thing about success in life is, you know, totally they say you are who you hang around. Yeah. And 100%. And, you know, I used to like, you know, I don't believe that, blah, blah, blah. Until I started hanging out with, you know, my mentor Tony a lot. I see him bringing in big bucks. I see him changing his life for the better. And, you know, his big why was his daughter. So, you know, my big why was, you know, just exactly how you said, hanging out with your family at nighttime, being able to do something on a Saturday night or a Sunday night. Literally at Bones, our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was taken over by an invisible shackle to Bones. Unfortunately, that's what I like to say. Uh, Unfortunately. Um, it is what it it is. It
0: is what it is.
1: But having, having someone that, you know, you can rely on, And I think a big thing for me was having an accountability partner calling me every day, like, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Um, and the next day I'm calling him too. I'm, a, I'm, I'm his accountability partner. I'm making sure he's doing everything he's doing. Um, just having someone like, you know, showing interest in you, showing that they think you could be a better person was like huge for me. Cause like, you know, I really didn't have anyone like that in my life. And just like having someone literally tell me, no, screw that. You can do this. Put your mind to it. And now me seeing Reap Those Rewards is, is like, it's great.
0: Dude, that's that's awesome. For me, Chef actually helped me out. Chef Leonard. Can't wait to have him on the show. Shout out to Chef. Shout out to you, Chef. The, like Beach second bag. dad to me. Fuck the Dodgers. <laughs> and they lost to the Braves. They Look lost like that. to the Braves. They're going to the World Series now. Um. So chef helped me out. Uh, when I started at Bones, he said something to me that I t- I'm always gonna take to the grave. Uh, and I will pass down to my kids. Uh, he said it was like literally like my first week of training, first two weeks of training. When you know at Bones you're at in the kitchen before you're in front mm-hmm. of the house. He said to me worry about the guests take care of the guests don't worry about the money if you're thinking about the money you're in the wrong business think about the guests take care of the guests the money will come later mm-hmm. but take care of the guests dude that golden like i, I can't re- rebuke that like that was golden and i take that to me with serving and within life in general just worry about taking care of the people and like and i take that with the podcast right now we're we're an hour and twenty minutes in. How comfortable do you feel now? I'm good, man. But in the first minute, you were uncomfortable. Yeah, you were still a little nervous, a little nervous right? I was a little nervous. My job is to take care of you, and then if I take care of you, then the show is great, and that's then that's it. it. Is, and man. then you take care of me, mm-hmm. by providing me content. And that's it. So, uh, people take that advice. Don't worry about the money. Take care of the people first. The money will come later, and uh. Uh, this, uh, the second thing I, I, I want to leave at, excuse me, is that kind of going back with the, just start, you know, people, people are so scared of starting and I'm, and I'm, I'm a broken record with this, like just start. I don't, in a way, like, I mean, I've had this mindset, but now that I'm 29, I just, I, I give no craps anymore. Just start. If you fail, you fail. But like, it, it, when you fail, you, at least you have a tangible mistake that you can fix. I'm pretty sure, like now with your clients, you've you've probably made some small mistake to you, but was a big deal to you that you were like, never again. I'm gonna fix this.
1: I'll say a cliche line that always stuck for with me for some reason. You miss a hundred percent of shots you don't take. That's so true. So you got to take a shot, and you got to invest in yourself. And you know the biggest takeaways I have from today is number 1 invest in yourself. Number 2 trust the people you work with and rely your faith into them. And 3 watch the Hey DJ show.
0: Watch the Hey DJ show. Oh man, that's God, that's the best way to end it. But like I just got to ask you one one more thing kind of going that what's a mistake that you've made that you've learned your lesson from from being a real estate agent that like uh uh if some real estate guy is He's fresh, new, hasn't had a client yet. What's something he or she should look out for that you learned the hard way.
1: If I could start again from what I know now, and I feel like a lot of people will tell you this, what you put into real estate is what you're going to get out of real estate. Once you start doing deals, don't stop learning because it's a constant learning process and have your systems and processes in place. And the number one thing is time blocking your schedule. Nine to five, nine to 11, I'm doing cold calls. 11 to one, I'm previewing properties. 11 to three, I'm calling everyone in my phone book that I haven't talked to and I'm setting up follow up schedules. Basically, doing the work and not getting complacent with getting deals. Because, like, you know, you start doing a couple of deals, you start making a little money, you're like, hey, some more deals are gonna come, and then boom. Your whole pipeline shut down and you don't have any deals coming. So as many deals as you do work harder with the everyday tasks that you got
0: to do 100%. Now, OK, I know I lied. That wasn't my last question. Now I have one last question that just popped into my head. OK, somebody's watching this. Same with me. A single dude, single chick, whatever. It's like thinking, OK, well, I don't want to wait till I meet somebody uh, uh, and have dual income. I w- I want to be able to go ahead and start saving up for a house. Excuse me. How much like on a, like a general estimate should somebody save up at least like a good ballpark? Should somebody save up before they contact you and be like, Hey Paul, I heard from the Hey DJ show. You're awesome. I want you to be my real estate guy like i saved up x amount mm-hmm. i'm ready to look at houses how what is that x amount what's a good safety
1: x amount so like a big thing that i've realized that a lot of people think you need to have a lot more money than you really need to to buy a house um so people are like i'm saved up 50 grand and i'm buying a house and then the mortgage lender ends up telling you it's a waste of money to put that much down you know keep some money in your pocket and just do the loan term over 30 years um I would say about twenty grand is a good, you know, a good safety net. So say you're buying your first house, a starter home. You have twenty grand. You're putting th- the minimum down three to three and a half percent. I always say you don't want to buy a house and be broke. You know, you want a nest egg in your bank account because say you buy that house, the hot water heater or the HVAC unit goes out, you have money in your pocket to fix that issue. So I think twenty grand is definitely a good like. Starter. Your, your starter home, you're not going to spend twenty grand on the house, but you're going to spend maybe around fifteen, and you're still going to have five in your pocket to do renovations or to do whatever you want to it. Um, that's 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 generally my my outline of it. Twenty
0: grand is a good start. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Paul, where should people follow you and get in contact with you if they're looking to get a house? Um, you can call me shoot me a text whenever
1: one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I'll probably respond. Um, he will respond. Six, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine, five, eight, six, five. Um, say I it actually, again. say it again. Six, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine, five, eight, six, five. We got to get you a lingo. Yeah, we got to right? get you
0: make it a song.
1: And, uh, Instagram, uh, the PR real estate group and my Facebook business page is also the PR real estate group. Um, and I honestly, you can follow those. I put up a lot of information on, you know, for your future self buying a house just like you know you can just go through my instagram and you learn some stuff if you're a first time home buyer
0: i follow it people personally it's great i definitely learned a lot i'm definitely gonna put it in the uh description and all that stuff well paul uh we're at the end now so i know i just had you drop the uh, handles but if there's anything else you would like the world to know it's not again it's not live but here's your chance if not, this is a wrap.
1: I don't really have much to say, man. I just I think the hey DJ show is gonna take off one day. That's Dude, what I I wanna appreciate. Say. That. I mean, did you have guy's fun? Like the next Joe Rogan.
0: Uh, man. I had a friend tell me that. I'm like, uh, you gotta respect to the goat. Like, I'm uh, maybe, but gotta respect the goat.
1: I really think you're doing a good job, man. And yeah, I, I appreciate. I, love, it. Yeah, I know you started somewhere. So like before today, you know, DJ told me uh, his first video took him 20 hours. Yeah, Basically two weeks. Basically, twenty hours to you know tweak the show and do all the editing, and now he's at three hours because he invested in himself. And I think one hundred percent. um Even if you don't want to buy a house and you just want to have like a like a hard to hard conversation, call me and like I'll get your mindset right. Yeah, you know, for whatever you want to do. If there's if,
0: especially if they're st- thinking about real estate, they yeah, should hit Real up.
1: estate, non real estate. Call me, man. I want to be your friend. I'm like a cool i'm a cool guy he is down a cool dude friends, he is know? a cool dude i'm down to meet new people all the time that's what i thrive off is meeting people hanging out that's with people, what i'm talking about hanging out with this guy right here all right
0: dude this oh man and we're gonna have you back on the show like this yeah, is not gonna back. be the I'm only time back. you come on so all right paul again man thank you so much you drove almost an hour to be here for the show thank you so much uh yeah you're gonna be my real estate guy don't hit me up real estate people don't hit me up i'm already booked with somebody so it's all about paul roberts all right well that's a wrap thank you guys so much peace